Hi. Hi. I'm Evan. I'm Maddie. And you're listening to the Speaking English Podcast. Today's episode 68, and we watched Kajillionaire for today. It's Miranda July's um, movie from 2020, and uh, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kajillionaire. <laughs> I love that title, by the way. I think that was a great Great title for this movie. I agree. Um, I don't know. We're recording a little early this week, so I don't know if you really have enough to say about your week, but I'll ask you anyways. <laughs> your week has been good. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about maybe like what's happening later this week, because uh, that's exciting right. and only comes once a year. <laughs> True. Yeah. So so today's a Wednesday. So far, my week has been pretty boring because I'm just trying to get caught up on all my stuff so I can go on my birthday bash celebration tomorrow evening i leave for sedona which is a place i've always wanted to go to because i turned 23 on friday which is crazy to me (laughs) i don't really want to be 23 but that's okay i don't get much of a choice that's just how it goes sometimes happy birthday in advance thank you Anyone listening, go wish Addy a happy birthday. Yeah, wish me a happy birthday or else. Or else. Um, Cool. Yeah, I don't really uh, have anything to say about my week at this point. Um, Things are about to get really crazy in my life, though. Um, Two weeks of vacationing and actually getting Mm. time to do stuff. So that'll be fun. Um, But I actually want to talk about something else today because um, it's kind of our um you know like on our tagline on this podcast is like the place to be when like when when you want to watch more movies and read more books but don't really know where to start so i think i want to kind of go in that direction a little bit and maybe talk about um you know what (laughs) what happens when you don't feel like watching any movies or reading any books and like how to deal with that because i know like for myself personally i've been having a tough time the last couple weeks to like actually watch movies and stuff um so i don't know it just kind of got me thinking about like um i don't know like i wouldn't call my own situation burnout necessarily just different stuff going on in my life made it i just didn't really feel like watching any movies so i don't know i kind of just wanted to talk about that a little bit and and see if you had any advice for people Mm. um going through the same thing i know i have some a little bit of advice to give but I realize I should have mentioned this before yeah. recording. <laughs> My bad. Um, for me, for movies specifically, I kind of just have this like ongoing list of movies that I've been wanting to see forever. Um, and that, like, I have it actually written down. And that is really helpful for me to kind of go back to if I'm just kind of feeling bored with what I've been watching lately. I'm like, there are so many choices of things that I think I would really enjoy. So just like choosing something that I'm, I can almost guarantee that I'll really have a fun time with helps me um, watch more. And also having a podcast <laughs> where I have to talk about what I've been watching really helps me. That so I wonder funny. if there's a way to like, uh, kind of Im- like implicate that into your own lives, even if you don't have one, but like having a friend to talk to about this kind of mm. stuff, Mm-hmm. Um, really, really inspires me to consume more media in general, I guess, to watch more movies and read more books because I want to, these kinds of conversations are so fun to have. I want to participate in them. 
Um, so I want to be in the know about things and talking to your friends, talking to my good friend, you, um, helps me learn about things that I never would have known about otherwise, um, and end up really liking. So I would say the more that you communicate with other people about this stuff, the more inspired you feel to read more and watch more. Awesome. That is great advice. Thank you. Excellent. (laughs) Um, I think I would say that, um, I guess that kind of what has been helping me a little bit is to to mix it up, whatever that may mean for you. Mm-hmm. For me personally, it was um, I <laughs> I was just kind of I just started watching movies in bed because I couldn't get out of bed. So I, said, I love to watch movies in bed. That is truly great advice. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like I, it would be like a routine of going into the living room and setting like this time aside. And uh, just kind of, you know, going about doing that. And, uh, you know, if you get tired of a routine, just change the routine up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't have a routine, maybe like kind of set a routine. Because I'm kind of the opposite where I do have a list that I usually pull off of. But then it was like, no, I don't, I don't feel like watching any of the movies on this list. <laughs> so then what happens then? And right. I think that just like... The biggest advice for me is if you have, if you have the time, like if you have free time and the idea comes into your head that you want to watch something, just stop what you're doing and just start watching it. (laughs) Um, Because that happens with me a lot is that like I try to see like, oh, if I, this takes two hours, then what'll I have to do like later and just like planning my time out like that. And I think, you know, if you just start a movie or like start reading, uh, if you want to read a book and you just kind of just see where it takes you, if you, if you don't feel like you want to watch it anymore, you just, you can always just stop. Um, and that's something that like, I kind of am bad about sometimes I feel like I need to just watch it all in one sitting and not do anything else. Um, cause I think, you know, that's the best way to watch something, but at the same time, like if, if you're not feeling like you want to see something in those conditions, you know, it's it's more important to kind of get the the good feeling of watching something or reading something. So mm-hmm. That's what I would have to say. I really agree with that, especially the kind of like changing it up type of thing. I definitely find that I watch more movies if I let myself watch movies just kind of like based on my mood. You know, mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a rainy night and I'm like I want to watch something sad <laughs> or whatever, like just depending. Like I don't have like a schedule for when I'm going to get to all these things that I want to see I definitely do it by mood um and I think that that like not only allows me to watch more but allows me to like get more out of each uh, viewing experience (laughs) yeah for sure and I guess like piggybacking on that um and kind of also what I was talking earlier is that like I feel like a lot of people do like the whole Netflix browsing thing where it takes you 20 mm-hmm. minutes to decide what to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's definitely a thing for like groups of people, like when it's like family or you're with your family and trying to pick something and like, that's understandable. But I think if you're just by yourself, just start the first thing that sounds good to you. Mm-hmm. And instead of kind of sitting there and be like, Oh, if I like this better, because I think at least for me, I just love the feeling of like, having seen more stuff <laughs> and I can look back and say, I watched all of that. And so I think if you see something that's interesting to you, just start it. And then you can, cause that, that's what happened to me um, the other night is I watched, 
I was having trouble like finding, I was like, I want to watch a movie. I don't know what I want to watch. And I kind of just like switched between things, trying to find something that sounded good. Um, and I started a couple of things and got like five minutes through. And then I said, this isn't doing it for me. <laughs> and I changed, changed to something else. And I just, yeah. kind of, I just, this is kind of more just reminding myself that that's okay. But also just if anyone finds this helpful. <laughs> I especially agree with that about books. Like, because just a, a book will take so much more of your time than a movie. Mm-hmm. Usually if you find yourself like, trying your hardest to get through a book and it is just not interesting you and it's slowing down your whole like life as a reader (laughs) just because you cannot get through this book like just drop it that is so okay you don't have to force yourself through any book that doesn't do it for you seriously I really think you'd be better off just picking something that you actually like yeah I agree okay that's all the advice that's that that (laughs) concludes the advice section of the program Unless you have anything else to say. I think that's about it. Cool. I just wanted to put that out there because I don't know, just for me, it's really weird because I feel like this happens to me a lot is that when I'm really busy, I do, I find the time to watch a lot of movies and I'm like, Oh man, if I have free time, I could be like watching so much more stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I do have this free time, like I watch either the same or even less, like here lately it's been a lot less. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, (laughs) I just feel, I feel weird about it sometimes, but also, you know, it all goes in phases. Yeah. No, I definitely do the same thing with with books again. Like I just, every time I have free time, I put this weird pressure on myself to get more read. I'm like, this is what I, this is just what I should be doing with my time. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, nothing that's a hobby to you. You should ever say that you should do it. Like it should never become a chore. It should never become a responsibility. It's really not the point of these things that are supposed to just be enjoyable in your life. I agree. Very nice. Okay. Now is now our advice. Yeah. Included. Um, yeah. So we watched Kajillionaire this week. Uh, it's available on HBO. Anywhere that you get HBO, not just HBO Max, which is mm-hmm. I realized. Um, yeah, this came out um, in 2020, written and directed by Miranda July. But I've like by now I've seen most of not most of her stuff, but a lot of her stuff, most of her like film work. Because um, she just does, stuff? I don't know, she does all sorts of art. I need to look into her personal okay. career and stuff. But she has like she's her the move like the feature films that she's done. She's done three, um, but they've been very spread apart. You know, throughout mm-hmm. this kind of century, uh, I think her first movie came out in 2005. Um, which I, that's the only one I haven't seen. Um, I watched the future. Uh, I talked about it on a wrap up. I think I wasn't as big of a fan of that one, but I loved Kajillionaire. I thought it was so good. Me too. It was so good. Okay. Awesome. It made me so like weirdly happy. I really <laughs> didn't expect to get like any joy out of it because uh-huh. it was intense for a long time when it was making me sad. But by the end I was like, I just feel so good about the path yeah. that this took. <laughs> I agree. And I I think Miranda July is a very interesting uh, filmmaker. She we she's one that like you get shown, like I got shown um one of her shorts in a film, like a film production class. Um just because her style is so like interesting and uh uh just very unique and like something that you know I see and I say like this is like I don't think anyone else really does like i could tell that it's her movies when you watch them which i think is interesting that like 
I, this is like the third, cause I saw her, these two features and then a short. Um, so like, I kind of like recognize her style now. And that's really cool, at least to me, to see, cool. kind of see some of those similarities. Um, this is less quirky than her other ones, I guess I'd say. They're <laughs> um, like more tastefully quirky, I guess. Okay. Uh, that was like a lot of my problems with the future was that it's like, it's a little too quirky, I guess would be the word I'd use. Um, but yeah, I think this one just found a really good balance of like, feeling feeling like real life even though the events are very outlandish um mm. that makes sense yeah i just love this movie i thought it was wonderful yeah i i really like agree that it was just so kind of real and relatable despite um most people not probably being able to relate to the actual circumstances which i really like we have i feel like we've talked about a few movies that can do the same kind of thing like i feel like that's just sort of like a theme um or like an experience that you can have watching a good movie that comes up pretty frequently. But mm. this movie did it really, really well. <laughs> and I was so surprised. Like, I just don't, I, I've never met anybody who has these like two con artists, con artist parents, the way that this girl does. I have like, I, I don't know. I have no experience with that kind of story, but the acting, the performance was so good. And I just knew like exactly how she was feeling the whole time. Mm. Like it just really touches on these, deeper and more like universal feelings of kind of like shame um, and feeling unlovable that everybody has probably experienced from time to time. And it does it in such a unique story, you know? Yeah, very true. I think that's like a Miranda July kind of thing is, um, you know, kind of putting these kind of outlandish scenarios in order to like convey a message, like a more universal thing. And like it, that sounds the way I describe that. Like a lot of people do that, <laughs> but she has a very specific brand of it that's like recognizable. Um, mm. I thought Evan Rachel Wood did really good in this. Um, she's good in everything I've seen her in. I really like. She rocks. <laughs> I had in, no um, idea she was in this. Oh, gotcha. She's like in the the Beatles movie. What's it called? Across. She's the- in Across the Universe. Yeah. She's Lucy. She's so awesome in that movie. And she has such a beautiful singing voice. And it was so cool to kind of hear her voice in such a different way in this movie. Because she talks kind of strangely. Like she has this like weird dialect for the whole movie where she's talking really low um, and like in really like short bursts and stuff, which is just not how she speaks. She has such a beautiful voice (laughs) speaking and speaking. So I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And like, it kind of like just added more to the character too. I really like in this movie, how like the characters um, kind of get revealed slowly, <laughs> slowly, but surely, I guess. Um, That's a really good way to put it. I like that too. Yeah. Like you find out things um, that inform earlier events, you know, throughout in like pretty mm-hmm. evenly spaced throughout the movie, which I think is cool. Yeah. And not even just events, but also just kind of inform you more about like the nature of their relationships with each other mm. like stuff about the way that they kind of like communicate and feel starts to make more and more sense as these like strange quirks of each of their characters gets revealed slowly which is cool yeah let's see there is one specific like uh filmmaking kind of thing that happened that i thought was like really really cool um and that's when they first meet melanie and they're at the bar and she goes mm-hmm. in the bathroom 
Mm-hmm. You see, I was like pretty sure that when she left, it was going to cut to their conversation, um, the family inside. Uh, but instead, it followed her all the way out to the bathroom. And then you got the whole kind of like, I don't remember if it was a one or not of just going to the bathroom and the light doesn't work and like with the phone and everything. And I just thought that was so cool because it kind of, it really introduced Melanie as like a real character in the story rather than just like an accessory to what's going on with the rest of the family. Um, and it also like introduced this new conflict with her mom um, that kind of like explained why she was actually interested in mm-hmm. this, like in, in this, the scam family. Mm-hmm. In this one. Um, so I just, I just thought that that was so cool that that one was dealt with how it was. And when she says, uh, later on at the very end of the movie about kind of, I know it's like a really dark space and it's just like, and then that becomes like a, a, a recurring setting mm-hmm. um, for like a, like a major event in the movie. Um, and I'm realizing now yeah. that we're getting very specific. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> if you know, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you're not going to know what, the heck we're oh, yeah we never even really gave like a summary huh yeah so maybe we should do that now okay <laughs> um, let, let's see so this movie follows a family of uh interesting characters the mom and dad and the daughter the daughter old dolio <laughs> which i think <laughs> is hilarious by the way me too um but they basically like live they, their whole life is kind of doing these little things to get a little money and it's, their life is just one continuous low stakes heist. Yep. Um, yeah. And as a result the story follows old Dolio as she kind of um, experiences, like realizes how messed up she is as a result of how her parents are. And um, that's kind of shown through the relationship with, a character who they meet in the midst of a heist uh, named Melanie, who kind of goes along with their schemes and tries to help them out. And, you know, in return to uh, kind of fulfill her own uh, fantasies, I guess, of kind of Mm -hmm. living this lifestyle. Like, you know, finding extra money through interesting things, Mm -hmm. interesting uh, little, I don't know, (laughs) because the word heist like implies not, what this movie right yeah no they're much just smaller scam very very little scams yeah little little schemes to make money here and there Mm -hmm. um i think like it's the interesting thing about it is that you know you kind of if you're on the outside of this it's like as melanie is you kind of are seeing you know like this is like this is cool like it's you're finding all this money in interesting places. But I guess at the same time, it's like, this is these people's whole lives and that's all they do. And it's it's really not like sustainable in any way. Um, Which is, I don't know. It just makes it very much is like deteriorating the relationship between the parents and their child, I think is like really kind of, kind of like a key element, but you need to understand (laughs) going into it. That is very true. Yes, I'm not good at synopsizing. No, you're totally good. I think that was great. Okay. 
Um, um, I loved the character of Melanie. I just wanted to say that as as we kind of started talking about like her introduction to the movie. I thought she was just such a well-written and interesting character. And I was, I, she's kind of a manic pixie dream girl, but like done in a, a way that's like a little bit outside of the way that I've seen that trope done before. First of all, because she doesn't have a relationship with a man. Like usually kind of, I think a staple of the manic pixie dream girl storyline is that Mm -hmm. she kind of meets a man and gets the man outside of his own little weird bubble of a world (laughs) that doesn't happen in this movie it's a female relationship which just kind of changes the whole dynamic to me um i don't know why (laughs) i just just kind of did i've never seen it done before i guess is the only reason why i was like whoa this is so new and fresh to me gotcha and also i think that Another interesting part about that that dynamic is the fact that she's kind of the normal one, <laughs> if mm. that makes sense. You know, like it's whoa. She's very like she's definitely more like outgoing and like free spirited in that sort of way. Mm-hmm. But like the little quirks and eccentricities that the viewer sees when watching this movie is all coming from the family. Like Melanie's a character that you kind of are like. Um, tied to as like the like the emulator i guess i've got the exact words we talked about this in film theory about like the characters you identify with versus like characters that are meant to like be seen i guess um it was all very psychoanalytical but i don't remember the exact words that were used now um but it's interesting that like you i'll just say embodied like the character you identify with is supposed to be melanie um Mm just in the way that you don't have the experience to kind of relate to the, the, the scam family as much, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yet at the same time, she's kind of the one that, like you said, is kind of filling this, um, I guess I'll say it, Manny Pixie, <laughs> Manic Pixie. <laughs> I don't know. If, like That is so interesting. I really did not even consider that, but you're so right. Like in every other kind of use of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, if you will, if you <laughs> if you're okay with that term um she would be kind of the weird one like everybody else is more normal or more relatable or at least more like boring more standard Mm -hmm. and then enters this really interesting unique girl and the whole story changes and that that did happen in this movie like she does change the course of the rest of these people's lives forever the way that a manic girl should (laughs) But you're so right that it was almost like a reversal. Like she, she kind of grounds them a little bit. I mean, she is so like outgoing. She's so interesting. Um, she's so free, but she still is more, more relatable than the rest of the family whose life she shifts. That is so cool. I, I and I, I think, I guess this is getting ahead of where we're at. But I just thought that the whole like third act of this movie was perfect the ending was definitely the best part and i just yeah. love the way that it all worked out i think i think it's so beautifully written mm-hmm. the way that um you know events like are alluded to and then because of that they don't need to be explained later like i'm thinking specifically of, like the end with the money mm-hmm. um you know, the kind of the way it balances out, like it, it doesn't give you, it doesn't hit you over the head with it, but it gives you like everything you need. And it's like, yeah, I'm, it's not like a mystery, like you, it's, but you still piece it together. You're like, okay, this makes sense. Um, but 
it doesn't like really kind of just like put it on the plate right for you, I guess. Which I thought was really cool. I agree. There was a lot of it that was really subtle, especially because like a lot of the focus of this movie is how old Delio is feeling a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like this sort of like transformation, I guess, that she's going through where she's really starting to question the relationship that she has with her parents for seemingly the first time ever, you know? Mm-hmm. But none of that is really said out loud. She does not speak that much throughout that is, this yeah, movie. That is true. And she doesn't speak like genuinely, <laughs> like hardly at all. Like it's just kind of a lot of like responses and speaking out of anger and stuff and frustration. Um but you know but how still, she's feeling the whole time. Yeah. It's made like so clear, even though it's very subtle. Yeah. Yeah. I think this movie was like very excellently directed. Um yeah. which I love. Yeah, no, it was directed like seamlessly. It, it all just came together so well. There were a couple of um, shots too. I'm trying to pay more attention to the more like movie making aspects of these kinds of things, okay. just like the storyline and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but I still, I just like don't really know all that much. But there were a couple of scenes that just like really stood out to me, just like visually, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, every time that the like big pink soap bubbles would like seep from the ceiling. I just really liked the inclusion of that. Cause it feels like it's just a strange thing to see. It just yeah. feels like weirdly unnerving, even though it's not necessarily like catastrophic or anything, but it felt yeah. like eerie and spooky. And then another one that really stood out to me was when, um, it was kind of towards the beginning when she's getting that massage and the tension is just like so high because she like doesn't actually want to be touched at all, you know, and uh-huh. she's laying like face down in the massage bed and the camera is right under her and a tear like falls straight from her yeah. eye. It was just so good. I don't know why yeah, <laughs> just no. really, the visual of that, I think just captured like, um, just like how deeply uncomfortable she was so well. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And uh, actually, the the uh, all the imagery with like the pink foam uh, mm-hmm. was in a lot of like the promotional material for this. Like, mm-hmm. so I didn't really know what this movie was about. Uh, I did because I think I like I saw stuff after it came out. But, like when I watched the trailer and stuff, I was just like, so like I didn't, I had no idea <laughs> where that f- was to fit in with it all. I was like, wait, so it's about a, like a family that runs scams, but what's all the? So I just. Yeah, it, it, it because it becomes like iconic of the movie. Mm. Um, even though like the actual, I, I guess I don't want to say that it's not important to like the story because they kind of they revolve their like movements around being able to clear it off because that's part of right. the condition for living there. Right. But at the same time, it's not super relevant to anything else going on. Yeah, I agree. Yet, that's like almost the most kind of iconic image that i associate with this movie yeah that and the walking um under the thing where they like yeah support themselves not to be seen that was another shot of, like, an i love that <laughs> but yeah I, which i think is just really cool and also i thought i won't or i the, the last shot of this movie was was perfect mm-hmm. the way the way that it's framed with the um like the price thing in the middle. Mm, yeah. And it just kind of like changes to 525 kind of like innocuously mm-hmm. and just as it like pulls out and just for the rest of the scene, just, uh, I don't know. So good. 
This is so good. Yeah, I just love like the last shot of this movie. It's really perfect. Yeah, I really agree. I thought it was such a perfect ending. I was really glad that they took it in the direction that they did. It was an all-around great movie. I agree. I was like really surprised. <laughs> Not surprised that I liked it, but just in the way that, um, you know, kind of the more I think about it, like the less flaws I really see in it, I guess. Mm, okay. Um, and I guess I was just like very, very impressed by uh, like for what it was, like how perfectly done it was, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, which was like really cool because I think this is like the first Miranda July thing that I, that I thought was like a full realization of her vision, which is just really cool to see in anything. Like I, it just makes me so happy whenever I watch something and it's like, I both know what you were going for with this and also think you executed it in order to like realize that purpose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is just so nice to see. And I think that that this movie really did that. I just really agree. I think that she just kind of explored like every um, facet of this family dynamic that she possibly could. Um, and that it was just so cool to see. It was just great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like the way that, it was very subtly introduced and not really focused on a whole lot about like Melanie's relationship with her own mother mm-hmm. um, was super interesting and like a very worthy addition that kind of like fleshed out her character a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just thought it was really cool the way that she kind of, you can, <laughs> the way that information is presented, you kind of like draw the conclusions without really have having to be given much which yeah. I thought was just like really, really executed well in this. Yeah, I really agree. You gain so much information about like why Melanie is who she is from just like that very first FaceTime call, mm-hmm. which is so brief. And you never even see the mom. Like you only see Melanie's mm-hmm. facial expressions for the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, still you just gain so much insight into the nature of their relationship and Melanie's feelings about family. <laughs> And material possessions. I agree. So I guess I'm kind of like trying to think about what we've been talking about. And I think that this is probably an episode better to listen to after you've seen the movie. Yeah. But I think we would both strongly recommend the movie anyways. Um, yeah. So especially if you're at this point, I would say I want to kind of talk about the very end. Um, like in more specific terms. So I would say go watch the movie now and come back. Uh, at this point, but I just wanted to mention that, like how you said about you, you're really happy um, with like where they went with it. Do yeah. you mean, like that they ended up kissing at the very end? Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, Melanie's relationship with Aldolio. Um, I just I didn't really expect it for most of the movie to be like romantic at all. Okay. Um, and then when it kind of started taking that turn. At first, I was a little bit worried because it almost felt um, coercive, I guess. Like uh, yeah, no, I see what like, you mean. Yeah, I, it just kind of felt like here's this girl who is at probably the lowest point of her life, which has been pretty rough <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, and now there's there's this, like, she just doesn't even know what she wants. She hardly even knows who she is. And she's just been thrown into this very chaotic situation. And now this other woman is 
kind of trying to make a move on her. <laughs> just yeah. like not the time or place. And honestly, if it if Melanie had been a man, a male character, I think I would have hated it. Like I just <laughs> think it would have been like, God, this is gross. This is manipulative. Mm-hmm. Um but the way that it developed slowly, their their relationship, the relationship between the two of them. Yeah. Um and the way that it just you could just kind of feel like the patience and understanding that they were having with one another. Um, and then kind of that fight that they had after like the big one, the big earthquake. Yeah. Um, and then the apology and the forgiveness, like all of those kind of smaller moments um, made me feel much better about the relationship. And in the end, I was really rooting for them as a couple, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I kind of followed like a lot of your same thoughts throughout this one. It was more like, um, I felt like a little bit of anxiety about like how she was going to handle this. Yeah. Uh, she being Miranda July, how she's going to handle this. Cause I think, like you said, like it, it, it did feel a little weird at first of like, yeah. if they turn in this direction too hard, it'll feel very like uh, manipulative and stuff, Yeah, but it never really did that. I don't think it was, I think it, the kind of like that attraction of like for Melanie's side was introduced pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in subtle enough ways that like as a viewer, you like read it loud and clear, but you also kind of see that it's not the situation is more complicated than that, especially because the character like old Dolio doesn't really like, it just seems that she doesn't really know what to make of the situation. Yeah, she just seems really naive and she mm-hmm. is. And like, that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. But it, it just kind of scare me at first. Like I just yeah. thought got to be taken advantage of um but then she just she wasn't it was a much more like thoughtfully played out relationship than that um and yeah and in the end i i really liked i was really like that's exactly what she needs and deserves you know yeah yeah and i think like you said about the kind of um the scene in the gas then the bathroom when the the earthquake happens um and like that fight and that's i think that's another example of like you know, the subtext is way more important and it you kind of yeah. like, it's really obvious to the viewer, like that there's a big breakthrough here. Mm-hmm. And like, it's interesting to see how like over the top, uh, old Dolio goes mm-hmm. after that. And you're like, Oh, haha. and then kind of like that, that hostility of like, when Melanie's saying like, Oh yeah, you're going to rob me or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's cool that as the audience, you totally know that she was like, she wasn't actually, she didn't mean that. She was just Yeah. Like, I never that thought denial. that she was going to. <laughs> I yeah. never believed her when she said that, like even for a second. And it was funny because I kind of thought that Melanie knew that too. Mm-hmm. And maybe she did, you know, maybe she only responded like that for like the principle of the thing to just sort of be like, you can't, you can't say shit like this to me, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was just really cool. And yeah, I agree. The way that, um, old Olio responds, like just gets so dramatic with the things that she says she'll do to earn Melanie's forgiveness. The way she's like crawling on the floor and threatens to like beat her finger with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> like that. It was so like, it was so over the top that I was like, what, like what is going on? You know, but also then you kind of realize those are things that you learn, you know, this is something mm-hmm. she must've been asked to do previously by her parents um, when she made mistakes with them. And then it just adds this like layer of deep sadness <laughs> to the whole thing. And yeah. it's just so 
that scene was just so complex and like so nuanced. It was so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, like you said about like with their parents, like maybe not even like with their personal relationship, but with when they run scams, you know, it seems like mostly most of the stuff she knows about human behavior is through having to put on this performance. True. Yeah. Um, Like a big theme with her parents of like, you know, they won't be affectionate to her in real life, but they'll mm-hmm. do whatever they need to in like in, in a job, you know, mm-hmm. which I thought was like very interesting. I really thought so, too. There really is like a big emphasis on just performative displays of emotion. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, so you know, the good. more, the more I think, watching this. Yeah, the more I think about it and talk about this movie, the more I really like it. Me too. Um, which I think is awesome. I don't know like how much more I have to say at this point. Um, but yeah, I honestly, I, I'm trying to think of like big problems I had. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing, the only like big flaw I can think of, or maybe not even that big, um, is just like the way that like the falling out between Melanie and the parents were, what, mm-hmm. how, like how that happened just felt a little like weird to me. Well, yeah, um, I was just going to bring that up as we were talking about kind of how her parents, Oldolia's parents will not show her any sort of affection unless it's in the name of a scam and it's mm-hmm. fake. But right away, they kind of start showing Melanie almost like a parental affection. Like it's yeah. very much like you are like a daughter to us. So that's how it felt the whole time. And it it kind of leaves you as the watcher, like wondering what is it about Melanie that is more worthy in their eyes of like being a daughter than old than their actual daughter is. Yeah. But then it takes this turn where you kind of realize that like none of that affection they were displaying towards her was parental at all. It it was sexual the entire mm-hmm. time. Like they're swingers <laughs> and they wanted to be with Melanie. And and it just like kind of makes you question everything that you'd just seen before because the way that they displayed that affection like never made me guess that I don't know if I was just missing it but it just makes you be like like why why are they so bad at displaying affection like yeah. what they were giving to Melanie was not this it, it was not like a means to an end of what they actually wanted you know what I mean yeah no I agree and I think well I think that that's interesting because you know the first uh emotion that old Dolio has to Melanie is jealousy yeah um, which is once again was like displayed pretty clearly and then i thought it was interesting how you know like that jealousy kind of got like confused with like this attraction based on you know like because of their like uh respective relationships to the parents you know and i think that's shown really well in that that like really kind of powerful scene wherein they're in the guy's house as he's dying Mm -hmm. um and the way like those interactions kind of um, like overlapped with each other, like each of the interactions between all the characters. Um, I thought that scene was, was great. Yeah. I didn't really um, kind of feel the progression of how like Melanie and her parents, Melanie and old Dolio's parents kind yeah. of like, cause there was, you know, the, like the scene with the hot tub and stuff. Yeah. Like there was just a weird disconnect between like leading up to that point and then after it just it didn't i don't know i'm trying to i'm like having a very hard time uh, i don't know i think in that moment it just finally kind of clicks for her that like the parents are incapable 
of unconditional love. Like I think for up until then, she's been seeing how poorly they treat their daughter and she's like kind of questioning it because they treat her so well. Like, I think if I was in Melanie's position, I'd be like, you guys seem like great kind people who have really taken me in and really treat me like I'm one of your own. Mm-hmm. And it, and that makes me question your relationship with your own daughter. Cause it, it would make me be like, what did, what happened here? Like, what did your daughter do? Why are you guys so tense? Like, I, I don't think I ever would have been like, you guys just suck. <laughs> You're just treating your daughter so poorly. And that's all on you because of how kind they were being to Melanie. But yeah. then when they have that moment in the hot tub and Melanie realizes this was never kindness. You're you're only manipulating me because you want something out of me the same way that they want out of their own daughter money and like opportunities to get into scams and stuff. All they want out of Melanie is the same kind of thing and also sex, which is crazy. And I think that that, just, that moment just like clicks for her. And she's like, I, I get it now. Like this whole dynamic has become clear in my eyes. And then when they won't show affection to Aldolio, even for the check, she finally is like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm completely yeah. on old Dolio's side and we're out of here. So I thought that the progression of those events made a lot of sense. I didn't have any problem with that personally. Gotcha. Yeah. I think it's just when she gets woken up to like old Dolio is not at any sort of fault here. She is just the victim of this very abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I must protect you at all costs, <laughs> which is cute. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> Yeah, I thought so. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about this one. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all my thoughts, but it was great. I loved it. I want everybody to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely I want people to see this as well. Um, cool. Do you have a rating for it? I probably would give it a 10 out of 10. I don't think I have any complaints. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I I gave this one like an 8 at first. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I decided this before the, we started the show. I was like, the more I think about this, the more I like it. So it's, it's, yeah. a, nine. it's a nine out of ten for me. Nice. It was so good. Yeah. I'm really glad we chose this one. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've been wanting to watch this for like a while. I knew I'd like it. But I just would like, I knew I'd find interesting stuff from it either way. Because um, Miranda July always brings interesting stuff to the table. But I just <laughs> thought this one was just like, like I said earlier, you know how it's, you know, you, I see exactly what you're going for and I think you executed it. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was exactly perfect. I can't wait to, to see what she does next. I, I'm pretty sure this is the first thing I've ever seen from her. So yeah, I'm excited to see her traje- trajectory from here. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was Kajillionaire. Um, go check it out. I would highly recommend. Um, I think it's one of my favorite movies from last year. For sure. Yeah. Me too. Um, yeah all right well next week we'll be doing the book club if that still works for you yep awesome uh the book is dispatches by michael her um so far it's really making me think of uh, apocalypse now which i watched recently which i think also he was uh somehow involved with the screenplay to that movie oh, okay um, which makes sense, you know, considering <laughs> considering the like relationship between the two. But yeah, so that'll be next week, and then I think wrap up the week after. But uh, yeah, cool. Do you have an album to recommend? Yeah, this week I want to recommend classic 
60s rock album Odyssey and Oracle by the Zombies, uh, which is so good, really full of summer jams, but especially time of the season, which I hmm. I just can't stop listening to. It's my favorite song right now, which I feel like is kind of silly to say because it's like a classic rock song. Like I've heard it a million times, but I don't know. Some of these songs that I've heard so many times don't become super like impactful to me until later in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no. That's... And it's like, it's just so good. I just really can't stop. Yeah. yeah no, I, I don't think that's, I think that's completely valid and not weird at all. Cool. I have that same experience. It's not like, not necessarily with like specifically just classic rock songs, but you know, songs that everyone knows and loves. And mm-hmm. you like at a certain point, you're just like, Oh wow, this is, taken on a new important yeah. meaning for me specifically yeah. yeah it's cool and it's fun like i'm just i've never disliked this song but i love it but actually now right yeah. now it's basically yeah. like no i get that 100 percent. also yeah i love these zombies they're one of my favorite bands. Oh, they're so good um my album this week is the sonic youth it's called daydream nation um nice. i think i recommended their other most popular album earlier uh which is goo but this is also their other most popular one of those two. These, those two, I just know that those two are probably their most popular, you know, as far as I can think. Um, and they're both like, I think they're at least back to back and they're both really, really good. Thanks. Adrian Nation is more, uh, I don't know, mellowed out, more stoned out than, uh, mm, okay. <laughs> but, uh, I just really like this album and I like, ch- I like chilling out to this one. So nice. Yeah. The Nation by Sonic Youth is my album. Awesome. Good episode, team. Yeah. We said some insightful stuff. Yeah. Um, as always. <laughs> as always. <laughs> yeah, no, I just like talking about this movie. I think it's really Me well too. I yeah, I really, really liked it. And I had, ended up having more to say about it than I expected to, which honestly always happens. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we watch only one movie, I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna talk for like a whole episode. So it's like I don't have that many things to say. But then once you and I start talking, a million other things kind of click in my mind. Yeah, which is also why it's like yeah, I think we get more out of kind of these single movie episodes. Mm-hmm. Like I think I don't know. I know that I, sometimes I realize things. Um, I mean, both from like what you say, of course, but like it kind of makes me thinking and like reevaluate, not reevaluating, but like for deeper evaluating, you know, exactly how I felt. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Me too. Um, Awesome. And uh, maybe we'll have the same experience with the the Vietnam book next week, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which will be an interesting conversation. I agree. Yeah, it'll be weird. Um, we haven't read a nonfiction in a long time. Mm-hmm. And even the nonfiction that we did read was still so subjective because it was really just one person's personal experience, you know? Oh, and I mean, yeah. so is this book, too, is very, yeah. but it also covers a, a whole global event, you know? Mm-hmm. So Ave- I, An event that um, that more people will have like a preconceived notion in their brain about because yeah, like yeah, schiz- yeah. schizophrenia is like something that you don't really like i'm sure people have it's it's a very less is a much less um pop culture thing i guess yes. yeah like, a, like mass, mass culture smaller, a much smaller population of people that have any sort of like opinions on schizophrenia mm-hmm. and there is people who have opinions on the war you know yep there you go that's what I meant to so say. So it'll be a kind of a weird 
uh, weird book talk. So be prepared for that, listeners of Book Club. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that'll be next week. Thanks for listening to anyone listening. And uh, go give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And or follow us on Instagram at Speaking English Pod. Yeah, follow us on Instagram and wish me a happy birthday. And also wish Adi a happy birthday. Yeah, <laughs> if you're you. on our Instagram page, send us some messages sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> be We'd nice. We'd love to, to hear it. Yeah, and also be nice to her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you Catch all. Catch you later. Bye. Bye now. <laughs>